It's Emily here, and today I want to invite you to make sure to check out Robinhood Integrative Health. If you are a resident of the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, and you're looking for a doctor who treats you differently, looks deeper into the issues that you're having, and seeks to hear you as a person and really help to get you better, then I can't recommend Robinhood Integrative Health, where Dr. Wiggy practices enough. Make sure that you go to their website and see how you can benefit from their services today. And did you know that they even take some insurances, which basically never happens in integrative medicine. So make sure to check them out and enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here with Dr. Wiggy and we are going to be talking today about toxic mold. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, this is a chronic condition that Wiggy sees a lot in the office and he's going to share with us more about that. And it's something that traditional medicine doesn't really recognize and if so very minimally Mm -hmm. arguably but something that especially in certain areas of the country especially where it's humid and wet a lot that is very prevalent these days Mm -hmm. and so without further ado tell us what exactly is toxic mold well we'll just start with what is mold okay what is mold what is mold what, what makes it so bad for us so mold is a type of microorganism that is prevalent throughout the environment uh, and is definitely more prevalent in areas that have more humidity and moisture because mold needs really two things in order to grow. It needs, needs moisture and it needs something, something organic uh, to, to grow on. So most people can recognize mold that they see in their house. You know, this is the, uh, the, the fungus that grows in, like I said, in water damaged buildings when you see this these spores that are growing on the wall you know sometimes it's black sometimes it's yellow sometimes it's white kind of depends on what type of mold you're dealing with um, and then uh, like I said it's you can grow pretty much anywhere where there's moisture and there's something organic uh, but the problem with mold is that uh, it can cause a lot of health problems uh, and a lot of times it is somewhat neglected, I would say in traditional medicine, but even somewhat in integrative medicine, is that there's so much emphasis that's on, that are on the kind of two other types of organisms that cause disease, like bacteria and viruses, that there's such a, you know, such a focus on those two other, two other things that a lot of times mold uh, tends to be neglected. Uh, but what we're starting to see is, and we're starting to understand too, is that if there is a uh, a mold or a health issue that's related to mold, a lot of times mold needs to be taken care of first before you can even have success on treating other things on chronic bacterial or chronic viral infections because mold is so damaging to the immune system. Mm. So it's a very complicated, uh, very complicated organism and fairly, fairly difficult to treat um, unless you really know what you're doing. And we're still figuring it out, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, but there are things you can do, there are tests you can do, there are treatments that can be done that can definitely improve outcomes uh, with mold, but it does need to be identified and, and taken care of. Mm-hmm. All right, so that being said, I think backing up a little bit too, sometimes mold in your environment is not obvious, number one. Yeah. 
And also then tell us what are some of the symptoms that one might experience if toxic mold is a problem for them. Yeah, so you're right. So sometimes mold is, is not obvious. And so sometimes you know you can be getting exposed to mold or mold spores and you don't even, don't even notice it. The other problem with mold is that it can also be one of those things that can become internal, can become colonized. And so you can have a prior exposure to mold and then you, then you get a mold, basically mold growth inside of you and that can cause a ton of symptoms too. The symptoms do vary kind of depending on the exposure that you're getting. So if you're just kind of getting environmental exposure, then it's, it's usually more kind of respiratory allergy type stuff, you know, some uh, trouble breathing, some allergic rhinitis, like runny nose, itchy eyes, uh, sometimes some skin issues. Uh, so that's kind of more like if you're just getting exposed to it for a short period of time and this, those kind of first initial symptoms. If you're exposed to it for a long period of time or if it becomes in what's called colonization where it's kind of growing inside of you, that's where it can cause havoc. Mm-hmm. And it is very damaging. It does depend on which type of mold we're dealing with, but we know that it can be damaging to the immune system. So we can have immune system dysregulation. It can be damaged, damaging to the neurologic system. So we can have neurologic symptoms like um, numbness, weakness, uh, uncoordination, just things to just our nervous system isn't working well. Uh, going back to the immune system, it also is probably one of the triggers that is often overlooked for autoimmune diseases because it does cause this immune system confusion, dysregulation, so you can get this kind of molecular mimicry towards other tissues in the body. Um, it can cause other organ damage, so people can just be can just feel sick all the time. Uh, and then you know, with all these things happening and your body's fighting these things off, you're just typically really tired. Mm-hmm. So really tired, oh gosh, you can have joint pains, you can have headaches, uh, vision changes is another common one. Another symptom that I've kind of raises my red flags is uh, if you have to urinate all the time, like mm-hmm. having to pee all the time is a, is a symptom potentially of mold toxicity. So yeah, there's lots of different sim- uh, symptoms and so you have to be kind of thinking and, and looking for these things. Otherwise, it can, it can confuse you and you might be going down a different path unless you have this on your radar. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, all the things that you've just described can be caused by lots of different things. So what right. is the process of elimination that you use with testing and or questions that you ask? Sure. So you're right, because it can be caused by lots of different things. So the most important thing is probably to develop some sort of timeline for when symptoms symptoms develop. Uh, so a lot of times when I'm talking to my patients, I try to figure out, you know, when was the last, when was the last time you felt well? And then what changed? So a common thing that I'm looking for is if they moved. Mm-hmm. So if they moved to, uh, you know, a new place, and then when we're talking about, you know, where they live or where they lived, then oftentimes I'm asking questions, what, has there ever been any sort of water damage mm-hmm. to the house? Because if there really, if there has been water damage, there probably is some mold. Right. And that's just again with where we live in the south, mm-hmm. there it requires very little water to get in for it to be able to continue to grow because there's so much humidity. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't need a whole lot of you know access. Once it gets in there, it's it's uh, it's it's likely there. So then we're asking those questions like any sort of water damage anywhere. Of course, can can you see mold anywhere? Uh, other questions that I ask are related to work. Where do you work? You know, there are certain places that are kind of notorious for mold. Uh, 
you know, I hate to say it, but you know, like hospitals can be really bad for mold. Um, school well, I would imagine big, huge buildings. Yeah, it's big, very yeah, exactly. easy for big buildings that share a lot of, you know, uh, air circulation um, that frequently have had water damage because they're older mm-hmm. buildings. And so, yeah, I see a lot of people that are in those older buildings that have had some had some damage that it's it's likely there. So it's not hard to find a possible exposure. That's actually uh, pretty easy to find. But then you have to get ask is that is that when you started to feel worse? Mm-hmm. When you had this expo- exposure, like new work, new or new job, new house, you know, is that kind of when this started? That makes me start thinking along the lines. Okay, I need to be considering mold as a possibility mm-hmm. of the culprit. And then a lot of times I'll follow up with certain tests. So there are tests that we can use to help us determine if it's. Um, if it's something that we need to um, be concerned about uh, or not. Uh, so there are certain things that uh, kind of point us in that direction. Uh, so one of the tests that, uh, that I like to use is called a um, CD57 test. That one is uh, typically low with things like, um, like Lyme disease, but we also see it low with, uh, with mold toxicity. And then there are some other tests that we can run as, as well, like the CD4 test. That's a... Um, that's a common, that's an inflammatory marker. There's some other inflammatory markers uh, that we can run. There is um, VEGF. I mean, there's, there's a handful of uh, uh, TNF-alpha, or um, what's the other one called? The, um, there's some inflammatory markers that we can check, um, some inflammatory cytokines that can kind of point us in the direction we need to pursue this more or not. And then if those are off, then a lot of times we'll get a confirmation test to see that the immune system is reacting to mold. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's a lot and obviously a process. And I know that sometimes people need to be really patient with processes. So that's just really good to know about. So I don't want to miss checking this because I know that this can be misleading. I've heard of a lot of people that might expect that mold could be a problem for them. And they go to the Home Depot or something like that Mm -hmm. and they buy a mold test and it comes back negative. But I know we've had discussions before that that can be very, not paint the full picture. So just would you share a little bit about better testing for your environment, well, your home in particular, Yeah. for mold? So yeah, so that's that's really looking for like an air sampling of if there's mold around and if there's some mold spores floating around, if they land on this mold plate and it grows. So it can be a useful test. Sure. So it, it's not it's not useless. Right. But I sorry, I should have said not comprehensive. Right. So yeah, it's not it's not the, the end all be all. If we're really trying to nail down if it's happening in the environment, um, I think the kind of the gold standard now is uh, there's a home test that you can do that's called a um trying to what it's called. Oh ERMI test, E R M I. E-R-M-I. Yeah, ERMI test. Yeah, that one is usually a dust sample or like a vacuum sample that really tells us kind of the level of mold that there is. That's a pretty expensive test, but if you're trying to determine if it is in the house or not, that's that's a decent test uh, to do house or kind of work environment. So, so the work or the environment does matter a lot. So you do have to figure out if you are constant or continuously getting exposed to mold because if you are. You're really not, and it's causing you problems. You're probably not going to get better if you if you're still in that environment. Mm-hmm. The best I can do is stabilize you mm-hmm. while that's happening. But if we're trying to actually get you well, we need to fix the environment because otherwise, like I said, we're going to be spinning our wheels, and then we start treating the individual. Right. So you have to kind of do both. And and mold re- remediation is possible. 
but it can be very complicated and expensive, mm -hmm. which I know is not what anyone wants to hear, but I know we've had personal examples from people that we know that it was, it's not easy because it's not easy. No. And there's different ways to go about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with mold is we're trying to limit the exposure as, as much as we can, as much as, as realistic with your home and your work. You know, some people, the, the exposure is at work and we're like, well, you know, if you're going to keep working there, right. it's, it's going to make it harder. But we can, you know, in those circumstances, we can just try to improve their environment. Like if, there's different filters you can use. We also try to reduce their overall toxic load so that they can handle some, some mold exposure. Mm -hmm. Because most of us should be able to handle a little bit. Mm -hmm. We should be able to handle a little bit of mold exposure, uh, be able to handle some of the, the toxins, and be fine. But it's the people that are really sensitive that it's really hard because you have to really limit the exposure. You have to treat them. You have to get their toxic load down. You got to get any sort of mold out of them, out of them, and then they have a better chance. But it is, but that's that's a harder thing. And and like I said, being in the South, it's a major problem because there's mold everywhere here. Right. Let me ask you because we're recording this actually from vacation in Mexico, and it seems like mold toxicity should be a bigger problem in tropical climates, mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily see that. Do you think it's because people spend, we did not prepare for this question. So if you don't know, just say, I don't know, but do you think it's because there's less time spent indoors, more time in the sun, more time, you know, exposing mm -hmm. to vitamin D and immune boosting kinds of things, the lifestyle, like, do you have it? That's, this would be a theory. I know. Yeah, but. no, there's, there's some, there's some, some theories for that, for why it doesn't appear to be as much of a problem at the beach, even though mold can still be a problem and, sure. at the beach. Uh, but I think part of it is, yeah, there's there's typically more sun. So mold typically does better in, you know, damp and dark. So there's more sun exposure. And then I think there is actually some uh, natural antifungal characteristics of the salt. Sure, that makes sense. So I think sense. that's part of it too. So that tends to be a little bit better for... I saw uh, in the air. Keeping the mold levels at, uh, I think, a minimum. So, yeah, some people, some people do really well at the beach. Uh, the best places for mold, though, as far as like limiting mold, is dry places. Yeah. So Arizona, Arizona New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, the, they there's very little mold there because yeah. there's no moisture. All right. You don't have the moisture, and, and there's not as much organic material material there. It's but then, if you're dry. like me, your body doesn't do well in those environments. Sure. So. <laughs> Sure. So yeah, not everyone's going to just move to Arizona either. Right. Okay. So we talked about testing, and so and you 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 touched on a couple of treatment methodologies, but tell us a little bit more specifically about some of the best um, the best defense when you find that mold is a problem. Yeah. So this is where it's evolving. I'd say mm -hmm. so. Mold uh, treatment, I'd say, is is rapidly evolving. This is changing. You know year to year so this if you're listening to this in 2024 this may not be may not be <laughs> quite as reliable as it is in 2023 we are recording in january 2023 yeah. fyi yeah so the the thought process now which again has changed even from from last year last year really is more about toxicity so that mold is primarily a toxicity that you have all these toxins that you're exposed to and you gotta get rid of the toxins and then then you typically are, are better. And that's where you use things like glutathione, you use things like cholestyramine, that's a binder medication that you can use. You use things like uh, charcoal and zeolite. You know, all these things are binders that bind to toxins and help you get, get rid of them. 
And that was really the main way that we were handling mold uh, kind of up until recently as well. I still think there is some role with detoxification and getting rid of these toxins. But now the shift has really been moving more towards using anti antifungal treatments, actually using things to actually help clear out mold internally. Mm. And that that's more of the emphasis now is that mold is not just an environmental thing and it's not just a toxicity thing. It's, it's more like an infection. So it is like something that you have to actually treat like an infection. Mm. And so once you clear out the infection, then the toxins go away because you don't have the source of the toxins. And so, yeah, so typically the way you, you, you treat it, you do want to work on the environment. That is very important. You got to make sure that you're not constantly getting exposed. And then you have to work on, like, treat this as if this is infection. And so there are different antifungals that you can use. There are some natural ones, and we use some natural ones. And then there are some, some uh, medications that you can use. And so you have to kind of uh, discuss with each patient kind of their comfort level because there are risks and benefits of everything. So we try to, you know, find the, the right balance between aggressiveness to get the things taken care of while also, you know, being being careful mm -hmm. and, and you know, finding the, the balance between those two. Awesome. What else do our listeners need to know about mold and what, how it could impact their Well, I'd, I'll probably just say maybe as a summary then, if we wanted to sure. kind of summarize, yeah. is that uh, so mold definitely causes lots of health problems. Uh, it's, we're learning more and more about all those different health symptoms and diseases that it can be related to. And really, if there's a symptom or a disease, there's probably some connection with mold to some mm -hmm. degree. Now that it's caused, not that it causes every autoimmune disease or causes every, you know, chronic fatigue or every fibromyalgia patient or every headache, it doesn't, you know, it's not like that, but it can, it can mm -hmm. be connected with some of these things. And so you have to be, you have to be thinking about the possibility of mold being an issue. One of the important things to remember with mold is that it's not always your acute exposure. It can be prior exposure as well. So sometimes if you had prior exposure and then you did get colonized with mold or it's, or you carry it with you, then that can cause problems for years. So that's something else you have to remember is that this can be something that can be chronic. Um, and so it's not just, oh, I'm living in a brand new house now. Mold can't be a problem. Mm -hmm. It can be, well, I lived in a, you know, in a basement before and there was mold there and I haven't felt well since. Right. That's something you have to consider as far as something like mold. So it can be. Well, and also we've heard of, I mean, there are specific situations of people that do live in a brand new house that has mold. So that is possible. It is possible. I mean, brand new houses can still have water damage. Right. So it's not. I mean, obviously what happens in the construction process matters a lot in sure. this situation. So. Sure. But typically, newer construction, there's less water damage, there's less less water intrusion issues than older older buildings or older places. That's, right. That's typically. Typically. But again, I, I, I know of several firsthand where they were living in new construction that was sure. full of mold. So, so any so any form of exposure along the way, and really the truth is, if you live in the South, you know North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, you know you're going to have some possibility of mold exposure at some point in your life. It's almost impossible, impossible not to, for some place that you lived. And then, uh, like I said again, the 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 problems that can happen from mold are so wide and so deep is that you have to consider it for pretty much any sort of 
health condition that you come across. So you have to consider it for, again, and, and most of the symptoms that you're going to have are going to be some type of fatigue issue. You're just really tired. Some type of pain issue, like again, joint pain or headaches or something like that. And then, like I said, it can cause some really serious problems. Um, but the good news is, the good news is there are, there are tests that can be done. And this is also, again, changing. So we're using a new test now this year than we were doing even a year ago. So the, this, this is changing. And what we're looking now at now is looking for antibodies to mold or antibody to these, uh, to these mold toxins. And because if, if you have antibodies to these things, your body is developing these antibodies for a reason. Mm. So either you're, you're still getting exposed to it um, or, um, or you just haven't had enough time to let your antibodies kind of clear out. But like I said, they shouldn't be there. You shouldn't have a lot of antibodies to mold. So that's kind of a new test that we do. Interesting. And then, uh, but, then, but then once you identify that there is that problem, then you have to work with a knowledgeable doctor to figure out the best way to treat it. And again, that's individualized for each person. It does require monitoring and follow-up testing. But as long as you find the right treatment, there usually is success with getting mold uh, under control. And so there is, there is something you can do. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. As always, we'd love to hear your questions, your follow-up questions, um, any ideas that you have for topics for the podcast. We are always willing to share and um, glad that we were finally able to do an episode on mold because it does seem to be something that comes up over and over again these days. So thanks again for joining us. Um, if you've got questions, let us know. And we'd always love you to leave a review on your podcast listening app. Thanks so much. Thank you.